Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am very excited to have Ronald Ramsey with us. Ron retired from corporate life after a 25-year career as an organization development consultant specializing in large-scale culture change. After earning a doctorate in family therapy, he has worked as a licensed marriage and family counselor in private practice. In 2017, he completed the requirements of the Association for Clinical Pastoral Education for hospital chaplaincy with additional training in palliative care chaplaincy. The majority of his work since then has been with patients receiving palliative care and their families. Ron is the author of the powerful book, 40 Days to Forgiveness, A Christian's Field Guide to the Forgiveness Journey. The book draws from Ron's experiences as an organization development consultant, his knowledge of the behavioral sciences and theological studies, and his own unforgiveness challenges to lead readers on a life-changing forgiveness journey. Welcome, Ron. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So what led you to write this book on forgiveness? What, What kind of made you feel like this was something that needed to be out there? Well, I had to pick a topic for my doctoral dissertation, and um, I had seen so much um, grudges and resentment and people just wanting to get even with other people in my corporate career that I thought, geez, this would be something that would be very interesting to look at. And I also wanted to do something that would have the biggest impact on the culture of the Christian church Mm -hmm. and forgiveness is a, is a challenge for just about everybody. So, um, so it worked out to be a pretty good topic. Gotcha. Okay. So, and what would you say is one of the main differences in terms of understanding of forgiveness from a Christian versus a secular point of view? Well, for the most part, they're the same thing. Um, The steps that you go through, to find forgiveness in the behavioral sciences was part of what I based my model on in my book. Mm-hmm. Where the difference comes in is we have the benefit of uh, Christ in our life to help us yeah. develop the heart of empathy and compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. People that are not a Christian have to rely on their own ability to show empathy and compassion. And my opinion is it's a lot harder to do without Christ in your life. Yeah. Is it even possible? That would be really hard to do. I would imagine. Well, you could try. Yeah, that's, that's true. So what, what, what is the approach that formed the basis of your thesis and the basis of your book for forgiveness? How do you kind of walk people through that process? Well, my dissertation focused on can people learn to forgive? And if so, what are the interventions that are the most helpful? Okay. So what I did is I wrote this book from the perspective of um, almost like a training manual, because I was in the training business for 25 years. So that's part of my background. Yeah. But I tried to incorporate in the worksheets and the activities in the book uh, what I felt the best exercises were based on my research. 
Okay. Um, I also found that it's helpful to have something very simplified. Mm. So I developed a model for forgiveness that's based on the word action. And each of the letters in the word action stands for one of the six steps in the model. Okay. So what are those steps? The first one stands for acknowledging the hurt that's occurred to you and what kind of impact and influence it's had on your life, what kind of influence it is having, et cetera. Uh, Mm -hmm. C stands for commitment. Mm -hmm. Um, The research shows that the first step in the forgiveness process is to make a commitment to try to forgive. Mm-hmm. Without that, it's pretty hard to move in the direction sure, yeah. towards forgiveness. Mm-hmm. The T stands for transitioning. Okay. Transitioning from a worldly perspective on what's happened to you to trying to look at it from the perspective that Christ would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a godly perspective is what we're trying to transition to. Mm-hmm. The I stands for internalization. Mm-hmm. And that really has more to do with spiritual sorry, spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, that chapter of the book has to do with trying to build your prayer life, your meditation life, mm-hmm. scripture study, and your fellowship with other people, mm-hmm. because it's through spiritual maturity that we're able to nourish our heart and break down the strongholds of unforgiveness. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the O stands for openness, mm-hmm. uh, being open to um, follow the spiritual path that all the previous steps have led you to. Mm-hmm. And then N stands for nurturing. Gotcha. You, yeah. Once you forgive, it's not, it's like, it's not like you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, from working with people on their health, finding solutions for health doesn't necessarily mean they won't re-experience the problem again. Absolutely. So unless we nourish the steps that we've taken to be forgiving, uh, we can get triggered and fall back in to the same unforgiveness patterns that we came from. Mm-hmm. So can you give us an idea of what that looks like, that cycle, that unforgiveness cycle? Well, one of the researchers that I consulted with on my dissertation was a Christian professor from Virginia Commonwealth University. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said to me that really impressed on me was Forgiveness takes time. Mm-hmm. He said that doing a one-day workshop might help people to uh, forgive a particular infraction, but it's not going to really build a long-lasting result. So mm-hmm. one of the things I've done is I've spread out the steps in the forgiveness process in smaller bite-sized chunks mm-hmm. that last over the course of 40 days. Oh, I like it. So 40 days doesn't mean that you do 40 consecutive days. What it means is that there are 40 baby steps. Each one has a reading and some kind of an activity or a worksheet. A journal entry is what I call them. Mm-hmm. And when I went back through the book and, and did all of those myself, just to refresh my memory, mm-hmm. it was over six years. You forget about what you wrote in chapter one. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, it never took me more than about 30 to 40 minutes to do the reading and the exercise. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was about the right amount of time for people to focus on each of the steps. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it's like when you're describing that 40 day process, that sounds like just, you know, from a neuroscience standpoint, it takes between 21 and 40 days in order. Well, I guess 21 and 90 days to actually form a new habit. So it's like, you're trying to create a habit of forgiveness. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, because forgiveness is a, is actually the mind's inability to stop ruminating mm. on the narrative that we tell ourselves about the infraction, about the transgression. Gotcha. And yeah. that rumination becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. And as we ruminate more and more, the narrative takes on new meaning and it snowballs and we build up, we build on to the story. And as we build on to the story, we think more about it. Mm-hmm. As we think more about it, we get more entrenched. Right. So in some ways it is a lot like a habit forming um, event. Gotcha. Yeah. It makes sense. So, and what would you say are some of the myths and misconceptions that you encounter frequently with respect to forgiveness? What, what blocks prevent people from wanting to move forward into that? Well, probably the most profound one is the, is this misnomer that you forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. You can't unexperience something that you've experienced. Right. So you can't forget about what you've experienced mm-hmm. and forgiveness won't help you forget. That's why the last step in my process is to continually nourish and nurture what your heart has accomplished through the 40 days. Mm -hmm. But another one that's a big myth is that people want to wait for the other person to come and ask forgiveness or apologize or say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And in reality, that gives the power to the other person over our feelings of unforgiveness. It's sort of like, we're drinking poison and we want them to die and it just doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. And there are other myths about, about forgiveness and unforgiveness that would take some time to go into, but the most important thing I think is to realize that forgiveness is something that we do for ourselves. Right. Yeah. It doesn't require the other person to do anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require us to go and talk to the other person. You don't have to announce to them or anybody else that you've forgiven. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is, a, is an activity that happens between us and God. And it's not a feeling, it's an action. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the most important thing to remember when we think about myths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So along those lines, because it is not a feeling, it's an action, and it's this ongoing thing, and there's the possibility of a cycle, how do you know when you've actually done it, when you've actually forgiven someone? Well, when the rumination goes away, Mm-hmm. When you feel in your heart that you're able to uh, be a light, the light of Christ toward the person or the people that have transgressed you, mm-hmm. um, when we want to do good towards them, when we have compassion for them, when we when we can separate the action of another person from who the other person is, mm-hmm. because every person is a potential child of God, yeah. and sometimes the only contact people will have with God in their life is the contact they have with us Mm -hmm. and they have that contact when we forgive them right even if we don't tell them that we've forgiven them they can see it in our heart in our life and even if they don't we don't interface with them anymore Mm -hmm. we can still demonstrate forgiveness through prayer Mm -hmm. through um, holding people's name up to God Mm -hmm. And when people have died and you can't 
praying for them isn't going to do any good anymore. Mm -hmm. We can pray for the other other people who may be committing the same kind of transgression that the person did that's no longer in our life. Mm -hmm. Well, and you also mentioned that part of what led you to this was your own journey with unforgiveness. So can you give us just a little snippet of what that journey looked like for you? Well, corporate life was a real challenge. Okay, I bet. (laughs) Uh, I was in the line of work where I was a project manager for doing large-scale change projects, Mm. which means shoot the messenger. Mm. So I walked around with a target on my back um, because I represented change that a lot of times leaders didn't agree with or didn't want to go through. Mm -hmm. And so you experience a lot of negativity, a lot of resentment, a lot of grudges. So my own experience in corporate life did, but also my experience with sexual abuse as a child oh, and some other things that I've experienced in earlier in my life mm-hmm. uh, that I've since been able to resolve. Gotcha, gotcha. So you definitely have the experiential side to bring to the table too there. Gotcha. Yes, but it's still a journey. Of course. So, and tell me a little bit about the concept of coping style. What is that all about? You described. Well, in order to understand forgiveness, we first have to understand what unforgiveness is. Mm -hmm. And coping has to do with unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, When we experience a transgression from someone else, the first thing it does is it impacts our emotions. Mm -hmm. And our emotions are the feelings that come with standard equipment. Mm -hmm. Nobody teaches a baby to be disgusted or to cry when they're wet. There are certain emotions that we're born with that are hardwired into our system. So when we, and when we experience a transgression, the first thing that happens is our body and our mind reacts emotionally. Mm-hmm. And as we think about what's happened, we begin to think about how it's going to impact us. Feelings develop, and those feelings require that we be able to cope with what's happened or not. Mm-hmm. So if we're not able to cope with the infraction that's happened to us, then we go into a state of rumination about what happened, where we rehearse what we'd like to do, what we'd like to say, how we'd like to interact with the person that's transgressed us. Mm -hmm. And that's what I call negative intentions. They're negative ways that we would intend to respond if we had the chance. Uh, And those negative intentions just build a story and the story builds rumination, and the rumination requires more rehearsal of what we want to do, and it's just a a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So our ability to cope with the transgression is sort of the fork in the road. Mm -hmm. If we can cope, we probably won't fall into a state of unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, One of the things that, like, from my standpoint, I've seen that unforgiveness often can lead to physical problems. There's a decent number of, you know, my patients that I feel like that's at least one of the underlying issues that with chronic illness. So is that something that you looked into at all in terms of how does this manifest in physical health? Oh, absolutely. Um, There's no end to how unforgiveness can affect people um, physically. I experienced that working with patients in the hospital who are experiencing unforgiveness. And I've been able to see patients um, begin to feel better and get better whenever we've been able to help them unburden their hearts with some unforgiveness. Yes. 
Yes. So yes, it definitely has an impact on our health. Gotcha. So is there anything I have not asked you that you want to make sure that you leave with our audience? I can't think of anything. You asked pretty thorough questions. That sounds good. So where can people go to find out more about you? Well, I have a website and there are some videos on the website that people can watch. Mm -hmm. um, I have a free giveaway. I put together a workbook. And if you go to the website, you can get a copy of that. Um, the website is 40daystoforgiveness.com. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you spell out the word 40. If you put a number in, it'll take you to the publisher's website for me. Oh. And that doesn't have the videos and the free giveaway and all that. Awesome. Okay. Well, I will link in the show notes to the link for your website so people can go find the freebies in the videos. And thank you so much, Ron, for your time. Really appreciate all your insight. Well, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate you having me on. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you. So please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com dot com.